Today's scripture reading is from the book of Mark, chapter 4, verse 35, to chapter 5, verse 1. The book of Mark, chapter, chapter 4, verse 35 to chapter 5, verse 1. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you that your word always encourages and convicts and shows us that this word is always true. And Father, we pray, Lord, that as we listen from you this morning, that we will learn that we will not be mere listeners of the word, but doers of the word. We pray that you will anoint your servant to speak the truth as you want him to. And we pray that you will hearken our hearts and help us to be attentive to your voice so that we might be filled with your word this morning again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, CBF. Have you heard of the good news and the bad news stories of life? Yeah. We always have good news and bad news, right? Uh, Johan recently discovered this idea of the good news and the bad news. Of course, he has a lot of stories under his kitty, which I'm yet to publish. And one day he comes back from school and he says, uh, and that day I was working from home, and uh, uh, he comes and saying, Appa, I've got good news and bad news for you. Uh, yeah, I'm usually suspicious when I hear that because I really wonder what he's up to. And uh, he comes and says, so what do you want to hear? Good news or bad news? It's like, okay, I don't know what you're up to, but I want to hear the good news. You see, the good news is, Appa, remember the tie that I lost about a month back? I had, I had no clue. Uh, think of a disengaged father sometimes from school. I had no clue. And he said, I said, yeah, the, the tie that you lost, yeah, yeah. You know, the good news is, I found out the tie. I was like, wow, that's good. Give me a high five and we do that stuff. And I said, what's the bad news? Um, well, apart the bad news is I left it at school. <laughs> and sometimes when we come here and uh, <laughs> there's good news and bad news. And, the good, and uh, we want to focus on the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel. And uh, there is no bad news. In fact, there was a bad news that was our sin. And we were celebrating Jesus today because he has taken away the bad news and brought us good news. Uh, this morning, I would like to talk about the topic of faith. Mind you that I am not really sharing this topic because I am stronger in faith. In fact, I am in the full need of it. I am completely weak in this. This is a topic I am sure that is very close to our hearts. 
in, in fact, the word faith is a very over-familiar word, if I may say, right? Uh, I'm not too sure what are the things that, Simon, you think about, uh, or uh, what Sandra thinks about faith. But these are the things that come to my mind when I think about faith. When I think about faith, the word that comes to me is uh, blind. Have you heard that word? Blind faith, yeah? Uh, when I think about it, I sometimes think about the word religion. Yeah, we have associated things with religion. The other things that I think about when I hear about faith are unintelligent, illogical people. Have you heard that? People of faith are unintelligent. Uh, we hear that uh, uh, it's personal and private. Please don't step into this territory. Important news, stay away. Um, the other things that come to my mind also are the name it and claim it and grab it ministries that ever exist. If you have enough faith, you can accomplish stuff. Uh, the healing ministries are also sometimes are strongly associated with this word faith. So I can go on and the list is all about many of these word pictures that come to us when we think about the word faith. But what is faith? Now I recognize that definitions are important and I am not going to attempt to take a definition from Webster's Dictionary and say that is what faith is. I want to infer from this passage and from some of the context of this passage what faith is and uh, what Jesus tells about some of these things. And sometimes we have to reverse interpret some of these things. So today we are looking at Mark chapter 4, 35 onwards. It's a fascinating passage. In fact, this is one of the first miracles that the disciples are encountering uh, in this particular journey. And so uh, for many of you who are new in faith, I just want to encourage us that when we look at a passage, we never jump into a passage in isolation. We always want to consider context. And so we always want to share with each other. Brother, if there's no context to that passage, then the possibility of misinterpretation of that passage is absolutely higher. And so we must, for that reason, back up. And I'm going to back up to Mark chapter 3. Don't turn there. Let me paint some of those stories and then we will arrive at Mark chapter 4 verse 35. Mark chapter 3 begins with the story of a man with a withered hand. He was in the synagogue and the Pharisees and all of them were intently looking if Jesus would heal this man. Why? Not that healing was wrong, but they wondered if Jesus would heal this man on a Sabbath. Of course, Jesus did heal on the Sabbath and therefore it happened as it is. And in verse 5, Jesus said to the man with the withered hand, stretch out your hand. I mean, this said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was completely healed. There was a word or command from Jesus and the man heard that word, obeyed. Did he have any insights or feelings that he would be healed? No way. No way. He just heard the word and he moved on. Then we continue in Mark chapter 4, verses 1 to 20, where we see the story of the parable of the four soils, or the parable of the sower. And what does the sower do? He is sowing seeds. What are the seeds compared to? The seeds are compared to the word. The word. Hmm. And then he talks about three kinds of hearts, and there is this one heart that is really different, and it's the fertile heart. The heart that receives the word, and then there is more fruit, and that fruit is abnormal. It says it's 30, 60, 100. Hmm, I hear the word that goes on our heart, something is produced. So, we get the picture so far, word, I hear, I obey, 
And then we land in Mark chapter 4, 21 and 25. Jesus talks about a lamp that is not kept under a basket. A lamp that is not kept under a basket. He says lamps are to be put on a higher place. And we know that lamp um, exhibits light. And here he's comparing, what does light do? Light exposes darkness. And he's comparing the light again to to what? The word. What does the word do? The implications of the word that it exposes the dark. It exposes the darkness of a ma- of of the heart of man, and therefore the word does something in the heart of man. And he says in verse twenty four, uh, in Mark chapter four, he says, and he said to them, "Pay attention to what you hear." And what does one hear? What is one here? The word. You see, he talked about the light, but don't be confused about the lamp and then think it's a lamp. It is the word that he's comparing to. And therefore, he's ending this with saying, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Go home and do homework on what's the meaning of that passage. But here is this. One simple thing that I found out from this passage is, more the obedience, more the revelation. More the obedience, more the revelation. Did you see the trend so far? He lands in Mark chapter 4 verses 33 and he says, with many, such par- with many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. You see the trend so far? There are instances of something being spoken, which is the word. There are people who hear that word, they obey it, accept it, or they reject it. And that's the backdrop. Without that backdrop, Mark chapter 4 might not make full sense. The 35 onwards might not make full sense because this, this is the first miracle that the disciples are experiencing on their own. So far, it's all good to hear someone speak and then observe that somebody has a storm and then they are all healed. But when you go through a storm, this is going to be even more harder. And so that's something that we want to consider in Mark chapter 4. So let, let's come to the passage. I'm going to do some observations and then uh, jump on to three key learnings from this passage that I'm going to highlight for the church, followed by two applications, and then we close. Why I'm saying that? In case we get lost and the ball is lost in the weeds, you know where you are, and then you can point out to me, and then I can go more faster. Uh, that will make it more harder. Yeah? All right. So Mark chapter 4, 35 onwards. That day... When evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Based on this verse, so far as we have heard, what did Jesus say? Observations. What did Jesus say? Interact. Let's go to the other side. Now, is that a word from Jesus or not? Or, or not? Yes, it is a word from Jesus. That's very good. So, so far, that's good. He's got a word. He said, let's go over to the other side. Moving on. Verse 36. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious call came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. A furious call, meaning a a fierce storm came in. Now, here comes a negative downturn after the promise is given. Hmm. I'm using the word word promise there, but just think of it as a word from Jesus. Let us go over to the other side and bang on, everything goes downward. Uh, Things basically go in the opposite direction. 
in fact all the current circumstances do look like they are not going to make it to the other side we know the story in mark chapter 5 verse 1 but let's look at it so far so jesus was in the stern what was he doing he was in the stern sleeping on a cushion the disciples woke him and said to him teacher don't you care if we drown and here we observe the disciples hyperventilating scared afraid and so do remember some of the context here these are professional fishermen do you think this is the first time that they are in the sea of galilee no do you think storms are not common there no it's it, it is very common but why was it that they were afraid this time because this was that kind of a storm this was a storm that they really believed that things would be they knew this was it otherwise they really wouldn't cry out to god like that okay let's go on he got up jesus got up rebuked the wind and said to the waves quiet be still then the wind died down and it was completely calm more on this later moving on 40 he said to his disciples why are you so afraid do you still have no faith so although a miracle happened jesus said o ye of little faith other uh, gospels recorded as o ye of little faith 41 says they were terrified and asked each other who is this even the wind and waves obey him we'll we'll again come back to this this is the core of this passage and mark 5:1 says happy ending they came to the other side of the sea into the into the country of gerasenes so now three things about faith that we want to look from mark chapter 3 and mark chapter 4 and this is my first definition of faith as i observe from this remember we heard the word and we heard obedience so faith is an implicit trust in the words of god to the point of acting on it I repeat that faith is an implicit trust in the words of God to the point of acting on it. I can I can take off the word God there. Faith is in faith is an implicit trust in the words of someone to the point of acting on it. It doesn't matter. The word faith is actually neutral. It goes across all spans of life. It it is it is in fact not restricted to religion. This it, it goes to every aspect of life. Um So in in, in other words it's hearing and obeying So you want to translate that definition into a simple two word hearing obeying hearing and obeying when combined together is the idea of faith so so remember the man with the withered hand he trusted in the words of Jesus he saw the environment there in that synagogue was negative but he continued in that situation and said he just responded to Jesus and he stretched out his hand and he was completely whole the other word for faith is trust the other word for trust is also risk You see we do take risks in life do we I'm not too sure if you've heard of faith and risk as a combination but you see when when we invest in the stock markets for example if some of you are going to do that um we take a risk in a particular stock over some other stock because we believe that this company is going to give you and I better returns than this company although reality is most of us have put our hands in it it has sunk down somehow our faith does not add up there but but we want to take risks and that's why when i trust someone when when sean offers me some water and john offers me some water i have to decide where it is from so, and, and it's more easy to take it there's no risks involved i can trust them to some point but if i'm coming in the car on the way and there is a beggar on the street and i'm very thirsty and if he offers me water i will doubt it 
people doubt it that's because it's normal it's just i don't know where that is from i do not know but here to some point i know john or sean a bit better so i will take that water from them and if i don't trust someone like i didn't trust the beggar with the water that that person gave me then i think i will exhibit something opposite to faith which is unbelief it's a very simple thing don't take it too bad and don't take it too negative if a three time jailer or someone who's gone to the prison three times if he comes and tells you something or promises you something you will not believe him you will not take him fully at his word why that's very normal don't 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 feel bad about it it's 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 in fact probably wiser that you do not trust uh, people with some backgrounds for a while now contrast this to how much we believe how much we believe in the words of others we believe rumors we believe printed media we believe facebook we we believe whatsapp forwards we believe twitter we believe netflix we believe more what is printed on this on this food label can labeled organic on you know this plant is from this particular farm iso 2500 certified and yeah i can believe this i just believe that i i really don't do any investigation i really believe based on what it said there you see i have more faith in some of those than in the words of jesus i have faith sometimes more in the in in, in the words of my friends i have faith sometimes more in the words of my parents i have faith more in the in, in the words of my mentors more than jesus himself and so we want to ask and answer the question who is jesus and why should i trust him we want to ask and answer that question all the time the disciples in fact had the same question they said who is this that calms the wind and the waves now we must understand what happens in a sea okay i am not a sailor i have not been to the sea in fact i don't think i can survive i think of nausea when i think of sea and that's my word picture uh, but when 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 there is a storm in the sea what happens there are waves there are waves that surge there is a rise and fall of waves now the rise and fall of waves are because of the storm or the winds that come powerfully in that particular area yeah that's fair if the wind stops what happens to the waves oh yeah but it doesn't stop you see it takes sometimes hours for the sea to be calm even goes up to days for the sea to be calm so you see when jesus said peace be still when he said wind and waves that means they are right now no questions asked he had power over nature he had power over the elements of nature that's who jesus is this particular passage follows three other miracles which is the deliverance of a man from a legion of spirits it's followed by um the healing of a woman with severe bleeding followed by the raising of jairus's daughter uh, from the dead these are four miracles including this one that is in succession and these miracles only establish one thing that jesus is not just a man he is more than man he is in fact god himself and I, and and i want to ask us this question who is jesus really to you is he a good moral teacher to you is he your savior is he your ticket out of hell is he your cosmic vending machine 
Sometimes we pray, watch over us, as if he is our watchman. Is he someone that we expect to be protected when we are in trouble or through tough times? Is he your casual friend? I want to ask us this question. Who is Jesus to you? According to Hebrews 12.2, Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. You see, the matter is not the word in itself. But the matter is who's saying those words, which makes it all different. You see, Jesus never fails. He makes the lame walk. He makes uh, the blind see. He makes the deaf hear. He has overcome everything that was thrown against man and gave us victory. We heard about it this morning. Who are we? Who are we that he should be mindful of us? Jesus is caring. He loved you to ensure that you and I have a relationship. And for that purpose, he took on the penalty of our sins. He left his comforts in heaven and became man and lived among us. That's, wow, that's, that is awesome. James uh, 1.17 highlights that God is faithful. In him, there is no shadow of turning. Translation, sometimes when I pray, I pray this prayer. You guys might laugh at this. But I said, Lord Jesus, I'm so thankful that you don't have any mood swings like me. Because I am so, so, so changing and you have no shadow of changing. Every word that he says is true. Do you trust him? Who is Jesus to you? So number one, faith is a trust in the words of God to the point of acting on it. In other words, it is hearing and obeying. Number two from this passage, faith is always linked with a word or a promise from God. Faith is always linked with a word or a promise from God. When Jesus said, let us go over to the other side, he did not say, let us go over to the middle of the sea and drown ourselves. He said, let us go over to the other side. And if he says, we shall go over to the other side, it will happen. Period. Again, why do we need to trust Jesus? Because we need to check whether he is trustworthy. And if he is trustworthy, I need to look back and look at his track record. What is, his, what is his track record on commitment? I would say 100%. Is there anything that he said that has not happened? Has there been one instance, even if it was about evil things that were to happen in his life, be his betrayal, be his um, suffering, be his uh, death, is there anything that has not happened? Even the evil things. Whatever he said has happened. He has established his power over nature, over, over our bodies. He has established that he is above all. He has established that he is God himself. What he spoke came to pass. Be it whether it was spoken in the beginning of creation, when he spoke the world into existence, or whether it, he, he talked about his rising again. It did happen as it is. There needs to be a word of God for faith to occur. I'll tell you some of the applications of this if, you don't, if, if we don't understand this. Yahweh told the first, gen, first generation Israelites to take possession of the promised land, which is the land of Canaan. He said, go take, go take it over. It's, it's yours. Go take it. So they sent 12 guys, 12 macho men, 
to do uh, to scout the place. Twelve. Ten came back with a report of, nah, we can't make it. But two came back. Joshua and Caleb came back with words of faith and said, Jesus, because God said it, because Yahweh said it, let's go ahead. But the other ten were so powerful to overcome and cause so much negativity that they couldn't, God said, no, now you shall not have it anymore. Not for now at least. And the first generation Israelites were sent on a trip for 40 years with the purpose to wipe them out because of their unbelief. And here is a statement. Unbelief has severe consequences not only in this world but in the world to come. Unbelief is scary and is dangerous. And I want to see that faith is always linked with the word and you cannot go forward without a word, of, without a word from God. In the, in the light of this, I, I want us to be cautious as a church uh, of believers who use the word to manipulate others. I want us to be cautious of people who use the word to push you into doing things that are not scriptural, that are their own interpretation of passages. I'm reminded of a story. There's a real story of a husband and a wife who used to go for counseling to a particular minister called Mike Wells. Mike Wells was not part of their church. Uh, and uh, this husband and wife, the husband for some reason became unwell. And uh, he passed away. Uh, uh, the wife called up uh, Mike um, and informed him of the sad demise of her husband. And Mike said, yeah, I heard about the news. And he consoled her and uh, asked us to stay strong in our faith. And then he proceeded to ask the next, next question that we would ask. When is the funeral? We think we would get straight answers on that. But that lady evaded that answer. The lady evaded that answer. The lady evaded that answer. And again, Mike was a bit confused. He went back to her again saying, Sister, uh, when is the funeral? And the answer was the same. There was no answer. He got suspicious. So then he knew, once people don't answer some question, you've got to go a bit more deeper. Sister, when did your husband die? And she said, so and so date. Obviously, he was shocked because that was two days back. He said, okay, I get that. Um, where is the body? And her response was even more astounding. She said, the body is here, right here at my home. He paused for a while and he said, why is the body at home? Um, because my pastor here, who's with me here right now, has said that uh, if I have enough faith, this, um, her husband will rise again. Without a word from God, it is dangerous and how we can manipulate people into different things. Now, Mike uh, asked her a simple question, and this is a question that you, can, you and I can ask to each other. Have you got a specific word or a revelation from Jesus on this matter? Specific word that he would rise again to you personally? No, I haven't got any revelation. And so because you haven't got that, can you hand, hand this over to your pastor? And you know, he had the courage, based on the word, to rebuke the pastor and tell him, 
how dare you put and put this burden on this woman to generate faith you can't generate faith without a word from god you can't you and i can't manufacture faith let's not even attempt to do that faith is always about resting and receiving the things of god there is a cause and an and an effect there has to be a cause without that there is no effect so don't let people manipulate you using the word so number 1 we heard faith is simply trusting god in the words of god up to the point of obedience number 2 we we, we just learned that faith is always linked with a word or a promise from god number 3 is fear and faith don't mix well fear and faith don't mix well fear and faith are like oil and water doubt and faith are like oil and water they just don't integrate well see in the course of life storms or difficulties are bound to happen in our lives things will take a downturn and when we do god's will it's going to get it's it's always going to get harder before it gets better You see, we are a generation that is really plagued by comfort. I know I'm using opposite terms there, but we are really struggling with this. We want everything to go smoothly. We wa- we hate interruptions. We believe that God, I want to follow you, and I want you to pave this path so that I can walk down this aisle absolutely without any problem. And somehow, I don't know why we why we have pick, picked up that picture. But He did not promise a storm-free life. When did He ever promise that? I'm not too sure how we have got that that if you do God's will everything should be like bang on track and it is not storms and trials are allowed for a purpose I know that's cliched but listen to me I know an excessive focus on your storms and your trials will take you and derail you and diminish your faith but the right perspective and the and probably just the right focus and in fact I would say that's not the focus the focus should be shifted during storms definitely but there is a purpose allow storms to fulfill that purpose in this passage the storms reveal two things or three things i would say the first thing is it revealed the faith of the disciples didn't it would it have revealed otherwise no number 2 it was an opportunity for jesus to establish who he is and for the disciples to see Jesus for who he is you see it was all these purposes that storms are allowed and the, so storms must happen now here is something that we we can think about if these guys were not afraid would they still have reached the other side yes because jesus said so and they could have probably snuggled up to him and slept with him in that cushion next to him and he would not have known he's a deep sleeper he slept well during storms wow wouldn't we desire that in our storms in our life in the challenges in our life we would sleep through i pray for that almost every day lord you know when storms come oh boy uh, and so we must picture this that when when the book of james tells us it's not if trials come it is when trials come so trials are going to be a guarantee for us to experience and when he says count your count this as joy Yeah, he's not saying it sadistically he's just saying it what a perspective what an opportunity to know jesus what an opportunity i'm telling most of us here most of us here who have been through storms has it drawn you closer to jesus or away from jesus 
always closer. Do you think I do well when, I'm, when, I, when life is good and comfortable? I got a high-flying job. I fly around. And you, you, when everything is going good, do we think that we are more dependent on Jesus? Our experience says probably not. I'm doing good. So I walk my own path. But Jesus is now telling us something else. That we can trust him. And so we keep our focus on Jesus even during storms. And we're sure that whatever he said will fulfill. Now I want to talk about fear. Fear and anxiety. Fear and anxiety causes feelings in our systems that really go haywire. Really go haywire. I would would want to comment on this. And uh, when we say things like, I don't feel like going to church. Have you ever said that? I have said that quite a bit. There are some Sundays I just don't want to turn up. I would say, I don't feel like going today. And I, I, and I remember in the bed, and most of you are nodding. I can see that, and that's good. It's very encouraging. You sit in the bed and you think, what are the reasons I can make up for not going because I don't feel something inside, right? Do we, do we experience that? And some of us still go ahead and do that. Um, we say we have no mood to visit the person. No mood. Mood. Whenever moods have been the driver, it's, it's, it's a problem. When we are led by feelings or sight, it is no wonder our walk with him is also swinging from a high to a low. Our faith is swinging from a high to a low. So I, I, I want to picture this car. And in this car, there are three people in that car. One is faith, one is feelings, one is sight. Whom do you want to give the opportunity to drive the car? I mean, from now we know obviously feelings are not. But you see, in our generation, we have been exposed to this. The number of movies that we have watched, go for it, girl. Go for it. You love him, go for it. And everything has been telling about, I have to like, I feel this. This is what I am designed to do. What are you designed to do? You know, and we get all these funny pictures, you know, and, and, and just simply go ahead responding to these things called feelings. And I'm, by the way, please don't misunderstand Feelings are designed by God himself. So it's not bad. But when you are in that car of spiritual journey, in your life right here on earth, you would want faith to be the driver. You see, if you ask me right now, Liju, what are you feeling now? I want to end the sermon and go sit there. That's my feeling. But I can't respond to that feeling because i got to be faithful to what he's given to me now and then go sit there. Yeah? Make sense? So Sean, if I ask you a question. So Kezia, she was yawning twice, so let, let, let me pick her up. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay, so, um, Colossians says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. There's a mystery that was revealed, and the mystery was Jesus, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So, Kezia, is Christ in you? She's laughing. I'm not going to trick this, okay? This is okay. This is what I experienced too. Uh, Sean, you want, you want to answer this? The first guys are always in trouble, right? They always are in the first bench. Dangerous. Yeah. So, Sean, is Christ in you? Yes, you do believe. Do you feel him? You feel him? Ask me the question back. The first question. Ask me the question back. Yes, Sean, I have Christ in me. You're asking, do I feel Christ now? No. I don't feel Christ. You get the picture? Sometimes 
we might assume that feeling is the one that tells you whether christ is in me christ is in me because of his promise not because of me not because of what i feel and sometimes the feelings do align i do i wait for the feelings to align but i don't really make that my driver feelings will align so in that passenger car when faith when feelings and sight are are telling are, are telling faith guys no i will take over i'll take over after some time they will align feelings will come in the right place don't worry about it but excessive focus on feelings can really diminish our faith all right so those are three key um, things from this passage there are more there are there, there are about 10 points i'm sorry that i forgot the slide deck but i will send it to you after this uh, there's more homework that you actually can do on this topic of faith and uh, Uh, so let me just reiterate the th- the three things faith is trusting god to the point of acting on it in other words it is hearing and obeying wholeheartedly faith always involves a word or a promise from god faith cannot be generated by someone it is to rest and receive the things of god number 3 faith and fear don't mix well let's turn our focus to jesus during storms and allow its purposes to be fulfilled we will know jesus better than the yesteryears all right with that we'll come to two practical steps to expand our faith the first thing that we could consider to expand our faith obviously we don't want to be in the place that we are in and there are there are only two tried and tested ancient methodologies for this we need to f- number one keep our focus on jesus by getting into a consistent engagement with the word of god no shortcuts guys i wish there was a, a secret pill that you can swallow and faith can increase but no it does not happen we must get into the word of god if you are low on faith romans 10:17 says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of god when you are low in faith admit your lack of faith to jesus he's not down on you he's going to be there with you and he's going to he is with you and he's going to answer that prayer trust him with that but seek to learn about him seek to know him seek to learn the glories and the glories of jesus remember in 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 the in the book of john uh, verse let me see 20 30 to 31 says these miracles and signs were written to you so that you would believe why are they written to you and if we are not consistently exposed uh, to who jesus is and what he's done right here on earth then there's there's a slight chance that faith cannot rise if faith must rise i must keep focus on jesus and who he is we we heard about him he's the he's the image of the invisible god nothing was created apart from him we need to consider that um get into his word is very important and i i'm saying that we are more convinced by faith to get into the to get into the gym we are more convinced by faith that we go for jogs and runs and we know we'll get better that's that's the right thing yes it's true we need to keep ourselves active but we are convinced that if we do this we know the end results in the same way when it comes to our spiritual lives spiritual growth is not automatic it's the same thing we got to exercise our spiritual muscles we must get into the spiritual bench presses and then start working out what are what are our workouts what are our workouts we need to get in the word what are the ways of getting into the word we hear we listen we we uh, we meditate we study we read we read and when we keep reading this and and doing this on a consistent basis it's going to get better 
it will start off if if some of us are not connected with the word i'm i'm sure when you started off you will have absolutely dry moments but don't give up just like the same time that you go to a gym and it sores you that day the first day that you went you still keep going don't you we keep at it feelings will come later you'll be excited later but for now you keep at it and faith is involving keeping at it even when the situations are completely against you i want us to consider getting into the word get into a reading plan there are so many options available you can you, you can uh, connect with even brothers and sisters here to do your plan just to help you through the journey just to jump start the journey but please please don't stay away from the word if faith has to rise if faith has to be expanded of what is already in us we must get into the word number 2 we need to spend quality time with the community of believers the people that you and i hang out with or spend more time with will determine the quality of our, of our faith period whom are you hanging out with more let's read hebrews chapter 10:24 to 25 john wagis can you read Hebrews chapter 10 24 to 25 And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near What is the mission statement when we meet together the mission statement is to stir one another up it's a bit weird in the body of christ and don't take this as condemnation it's a bit weird it's a bit weird that we come on sunday mornings and sunday mornings are to um focus uh, on jesus and his glories and what he's done for us on the cross but it's a bit weird that maybe some of us would just disconnect and then come back check in once again on a sunday that's a bit weird you see by faith if some of us do that it's just simply because we don't by faith believe what god has revealed in his word that we are caused to stir one another up and so the attempt to meet in your cell groups are to encourage one another do we miss that purpose statement that is important When you get into these discussions with one-on-ones with people just go ahead talk about Jesus talk about what the scriptures are speaking to you but it will build your faith but staying away and disconnecting is not the purpose that's going to help us in the long run May I encourage us as a church not to attend meetings only for the sake of it Let's attend it for purposes because I need Jesus and my faith is weak and i need him all the time all the time yeah those are the simple truths from some of these passages and the applications i know that we have heard of this uh, but may the lord encourage us in our faith that when storms come you say okay god i'm scared but i know you're with me so you are in the storm and whatever you're going to accomplish through, through the storm so be it because i know this is going to be good and i'm going to know you a bit better yeah shall we pray
Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the opportunity to hear from you. We want to thank you that when you spoke, things happened. When you spoke, everything, elements of nature, even our bodies during that time obeyed you. And we want to thank you that you are the Lord of all things. There is none beside you. You are holy. You are other. You are not like man. We thank you, O Lord. We want to thank you for your grace that flows out to sinners like us. We who are cheats. We who lie. We who gossip. Lord, your faithfulness is so true. And you invite us back to your table all the time. And you tell us how much you loved us. And we want to thank you for for designing the institution of meeting together to remember you, to honor your name, to look up to you and derive our strength. We want to thank you that you are our strength. We want to thank you that in our weakness, in our weakness, your power is perfected. And so we now confess also our struggles with faith, our struggles with trusting you. We apologize, Lord Jesus, that we trust more of the printed media. We we apologize. We, we don't know what to do about it. We trust that more than you. And we ask you that you would be our faith. You would be everything that we cannot be on our own. Lord, we need you every moment. And so we pray that you would help us in our unbelief. And we thank you that you are with us. And we pray for strength to uh, engage in spiritual disciplines. To um, keep our focus on you uh, through engagement with the word. Uh, we pray that we would spend time with the community of believers in quality. So, Lord, that we would be uh, encouraged in our faith and we would persevere to all that you have called us to. So, thank you for being with us. Thank you for your presence with us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.